0: I know you and I both watched the Challenger yes. docu-series on Netflix. Oh, Final my God. So flight. good. The footage they have and that, it must have taken them a year to get all of that accumulated. The interviews did it for me. The interviews yes. with the family just put me right over the edge. And seriously, I mean,
1: you and I both talked about that. We watched it, and we are the age that we watched it in school. They wheeled in the TV, and we watched it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew. I feel like I knew a lot about it, but I didn't know any of the rest of the astronauts that were on that flight, other than Krista. That was like the big thing because yep. she was a teacher. To see these other families, oh, it broke my freaking heart. I, I'm gonna tear up right now thinking about it because it was just so awful. But I'm getting chills. Just it's just, oh, you know, it's, just it's quality. It's a quality documentary. Whatever your documentary deal is, whatever you're into, I think you would enjoy that if you like documentaries. It's on Netflix, so.
0: We started The Widow, and oh yeah, so far, I, Tweed likes that. I knew he would. It's a really good show, too, on Amazon. Prime, Kate Beckinsale. It's good. Do you, like, pre-watch all the stuff that you watch with Tweed?
1: Do you like do it a once over before you have to go and sit there and watch with him?
0: Sometimes. Sometimes. But he still won't watch a lot of stuff that I keep telling him he should watch. I keep trying to get him to watch Fargo. Yeah. He doesn't like stuff that's, like, murder-type stuff, because I can't ever get him to watch documentaries, either, like, true crime documentaries. He's like, I don't want to see a bunch of people be murdered. Like, he would not watch The Night Stalker oh, yeah. with me. That one was rough for anybody. I don't care it, who you well, are. That was, was a, yeah. I've watched a lot of documentaries,
1: and that one was rough.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And Fargo is a certain flavor. You have to be into that, I think, because there's a lot of talking, and if you're not into that, and you don't want to... Mm-hmm. and and it's such good writing that I, to me, it draws you in, but other people I can see it turn them off. So Fargo is a, it's a love or hate deal. So
0: anything else that you have fun that you're watching? We watched a documentary on Amazon and I did not choose this, although I did enjoy it. And to be honest, I'm not sure if I can think of what it is called. It is about a Tour de France winner. His name is Marco. Pantani. He was Italian. It was about him being caught doping and kind of how that whole scandal started with professional biking. Are
1: you just guys on a, like a Tour de France deal? Is that like you're just going from one dock to the next on that? So what we
0: do is we go to Amazon and we type in like Tour de France or sailing or something like that and see what comes up. Like that's how we found that Tour de France one that I had watched before about the Australian team. What the heck is this one called? I guess it's called Pantani, the accidental death of a cyclist. He accidentally overdosed because of the fallout that he got. Like he was demonized. He went from like everyone loved him to everyone hated him and he just didn't know how to handle that. I can see that. It was really sad. It was really sad.
1: I have watched, I had my um, kid-free weekend, so I watched a lot more than I did. I'm really into the Alan Farrow documentary on on HBO Max about Woody Allen, Mia Farrow. It is, whew, it's hard. It's a rough, it's a rough watch. I mean, there's things that I didn't know about. I didn't understand the family dynamics. I think it's kind of eye-opening there. I watched, I want to say it's a silly little documentary, but it's kind of not. It's called Dick Jones is Dead. It's on Netflix, and it's this filmmaker whose father has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. He's actually a psychiatrist, but he's been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, oh, wow. and so she is documenting the disease's progression and just. And it's God,
0: how sad it
1: is, but she does it in a funny way because, like, she's documenting things, but that she's also doing these like reenactments of her own fears of like him walking and falling and hitting his head and dying. Oh. So she has like him in, the, in a scene and then he swapped out with a stunt person who falls down a flight of stairs. So it's like all these worst case scenarios of things that could happen to him. She acts out so they're not as scary, I guess. Right. I, okay. I don't know. But it's, it's heartbreaking. I mean, and they filmed his funeral for him while he's still alive so that he can oh remember God.
0: it. Oh, my God.
1: And my dad has Parkinson's, so it was really, it was, I tortured myself watching this really because it was, it was really hard, but there was a lot of joy and it was a lot of love. I don't know where it came from. It just came up in my suggested and I was like, what's this? Oh, I want to cry tonight. Let's watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I spent all day Sunday and I am ashamed to mention that I watched that Firefly Lane. I don't know. It's not my thing. It's, I have not heard of that. What is it? Oh, it's the one about the two best friends. It's Katherine Heigl and Sarah Chalk from Scrubs. And they are best really? friends. Uh-huh. And they grow up on the same street in the 70s. And then it's their whole lives. Like the one grows up to be like an Oprah type of has her mm-hmm. own TV show. And the other one is going through a divorce. But the best friends are thick and thin. And It got me. It sucked me right on in. And I hate these stupid ones that I'm like, that I totally look down my nose at. That I'm like, oh, what's going to happen next? So it's one of those. People love it. And it's already, I think, up for, it's ended on a cliffhanger. So it's getting a second season. So I don't know. If it's one of them, you want to waste your time and want something soapy and fun. Go watch that one. And then I watched, and I knew before I watched that, that I was either going to love it or I was going to hate it. And I put off watching it, but I watched it moxie on netflix it's the new mm-hmm. it's the new amy poehler movie about um to put it in the easiest terms about girl power and feminism and how girls in high school are treated differently than boys like girls are sent home for wearing tank tops but guys can right. wear sleeveless shirts and it, right, right and just this fight about how women are sexualized and all the different things like i don't know it's got so much but it's funny and the acting is really good and the cast is other than Amy Poehler, it's pretty much a unknown cast. I think all the adults are, like, people you'd know from something else. But all the young kids are people I've never seen before. And the boyfriend-type guy type guy in it, the little crush that she has in there, is the cutest dude I would, whoo, I'd date him when I was in high school. He is adorable. I think I can say that because I think he's over 21 in real life. So that's okay, and it's not creepy. Uh... And then I started watching Murder on Middle Beach, the documentary on HBO about a kid who's mom was murdered when he was 18 and now he's doing a documentary about her death and all that good stuff so yeah good stuff his mom dying you know it's good stuff but anywho there we are
0: okay hi everybody welcome to that so original podcast i'm kelly and i'm here with tiffany hi tiffany hello and we are done with Bridgerton. Woo, 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 woo. Oh, yeah. Last Hallelujah. Episode. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. Episode eight. After the rain. So, you just want to Lay sing that Nestle song?
1: The rain. No, I'm thinking yeah. after the rain while she's
0: away. Oh, yes. and all <laughs> your pain. Freaking Nelson, man. You can start us off. Do you think this first part was important? What is this whole thing about this wedding that happened with the sugared almonds and the licorice and then they were engaged? Is that relevant? Does that ever come back or did I completely miss it? It's a
1: foreshadowing of stuff. I think it makes sense. I don't know. So we start off with our typical Lady Whistledown narration. She says the fastest courtship on record occurred during the markedly wet season of 1804 when Miss Mary Leopold secured a betrothal over a plate of sugared almonds and licorice in just four and a half minutes. Impressive. Yeah. And then Miss Leopold would leave London mere hours after the wedding, reason unknown. She was engaged quickly and then they left. So were they hiding a pregnancy? I don't know. We never hear about Miss Leopold again. Just going to say that. (laughs) So Whistledown continues, of all that I have imparted to you, there's one bit of wisdom I can tell you. One can never know the truth of a marriage hiding behind closed doors. This is obviously about Daphne and Simon. Blushing new do not know what the future awaits. Will there be hardship or indignity? Or will one's future see the rarest accomplishment of all a true love match? So we are at the Featherington's house and Mama F is closing all the doors and Dad Feather is looking nervous. So Marina has taken the tea and we don't know what's happened to her. So they're shutting all these doors. So like no one can know their shame. This is all happening during the overture from What's Her Nuts? whistle down. We see Will in bed with his wife and he's looking pensive about the agreement suggested to him by Featherington about throwing the match. We see the queen is in the garden and her husband is having an episode where he's smashing cups and telling his help to go away. So that's the hardship and indignity of marriage. And then we see Mama B waking up in bed and rolling over and to hold her husband and realizing once again that he is gone. And that's such a hard thing to wake up every morning expecting the person that's always been there and they're gone. Mm-hmm. So poor Mama. I know. Now we are back at Simon and Daphne's and they are getting their portrait painted by henry the artist because apparently he's the only one in town (laughs) there's (laughs) no only painter there's none around and they both look miserable simon is literally holding daphne at arm's length (laughs) she's in a chair and he is standing at arm's length away like barely has his fingertips on the chair like ew, she has cooties (laughs) henry tells them that they are permitted to smile and maybe they should move closer and they like barely wink at each other to move closer like i'll move my eyelash and that's it and henry is like so over their shit he's just rolling his eyes and simon tells daphne that as soon as this portrait stuff is done he will quit london he's he's out of there he's done with her shit and she's like um no you won't you're gonna draw more gossip about the state of our marriage i would prefer otherwise now that we know i'm not pregnant we'll we'll leave london together at the end of the season like everyone else you're just gonna have to suck it up for a few more days Remember, we have the ball at our house on Friday. Can I count on you being there? And he's like, well, (laughs) I kind of have no choice since I'm hosting it. It's my house and all. And she's like, hey, this is your last commitment. This time next week, our ruse will be truly over. And I was like, this has been one long thing since the beginning of this (laughs) show is them just pretending for crap. So Henry is listening to all this and just like, oh, good Lord. He tells them this isn't working. Simon, can you like touch Daphne so that maybe they can look as happy as they feel? And I was like, yeah, right. But he touches her and she looks up at him. And this is like one of those rare good moments in the show. I think this Reggie Jean Page, however you say his, however you say his name. Reggie jean Reggie jean That's his name. I'm sorry. He has... The best face he has a really good face for communicating on emotion Mm -hmm. he just looks at her and she looks up at him and his face just softens and all that awfulness just kind of fades away and i I have my notes when they say nothing i actually enjoy this show (laughs) (laughs) he gives her just the teensiest smile and henry says oh there it is the very picture of devotion and Daphne turns back, all immediately is like her face just goes from <gasps> to rusty bitch face again. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> <and she's> like, <gasps> <laughs> like
0: over dramatic. People don't smile in paintings though cuz you who can hold a smile for an hour while Henry paints this thing? I can't uh-huh. hold a
1: smile for 2 seconds. My for face two seconds? my face doesn't
0: work that way. Sorry. No. No. So at the Bridgerton house now, Bridgerton, Eloise is grilling Benedict about Genevieve, and Benedict's like, shouldn't you be somewhere getting ready for your first ball? Everybody is there. This family is always hanging out together, which I think is kind of cute. Hyacinth is asking Anthony about joining him somewhere this summer, but he's distracted by Sienna's name in the paper, and it's talking about Sienna and the guy that we've seen her with kind of randomly throughout the last few episodes. Eloise still bothering Benedict about Delacroix because we all know that she is suspicious about her being whistled down. She says, be careful around her. She might not be who you think she is. Benedict is like, so are you saying that because she doesn't live on the snooty street with all of these snoods and because she's different from everybody else? And Eloise is like, no, that's not what I meant at all. maybe I should go get ready for the ball. As she gets up, Mama B walks in and she says, Aunt Winnie has written and Francesca will be arriving home tomorrow. Here she is. The F sister is coming back. Everyone is like golf clap, but Hyacinth is like totally pumped about having Fran come home. I said, she's missed so much. She's going to have to watch a show and be bored like the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) So over at the feather house now, Penelope goes into Marina's room. And instead of resting like she's supposed to be doing, Marina is packing up and getting ready. And we still aren't exactly sure what all went down, but she says that tea did exactly what I needed it to, so now I can go home. So whatever was in the tea... We can assume that she thinks that it has caused her to lose the baby. She apologizes to Penelope. She says, you were right about Colin. And Penelope looks so pleased. I just want to smack her. This right. little shit-eating grin she has. I'm sure one day he'll see how good you are to him. They hear a horse outside and they both run over to look out of the window. And a man gets out of the carriage. And Marina obviously recognizes him uh, but obviously is really not happy about him being there. So we don't know who he is yet, but we're going to find out. Well,
1: uh, I think it's funny as Marina says that she's sure that she's no longer pregnant because she would have felt something by now. And I was like, so you didn't have gushers of blood like the, all the people with their periods? And you're thinking that's okay? Like, I, I'm very yeah, con- I, I was like, oh, I was okay. very
0: confused, too. I was like, did the baby just stop moving or kicking, or does she mean that she did that she didn't feel like, yeah, like, like but, there would
1: have been. I, I, there, I was, yeah. I'm so confused. I'm mm-hmm. as violent as these women's periods are. I was thinking if you had a miscarriage, <laughs> that would knock you out for a, my, at least a month. I'm just saying.
0: Well, and when she was laying on the floor, I was like, "Is that like maybe what? I mean, is she hemorrhaging? Right? I, don't. I don't
1: know why she was on the floor. I think she was just taking a nap. I don't even know. <laughs> Pregnancy is She's hard, being y'all. being a dramatic bitch. <laughs> So we are in an outdoor market where they only sell bird cages for some reason. I don't even freaking know. (laughs) And Mama and Daphne are shopping. And Daphne is telling her, I've made the decision The Duke and I will go our separate ways. This is the way it is. And Mama says, well, I know I don't always say the right things and the things I say aren't always what you wish to hear, like that sex is like puppies. <laughs> and um, anyways, however difficult your life may be, you have to realize that forgiving may be just as important. And Daddy's like, well, it's not up to me. The Duke is choosing to nurture some grudge against his father instead of allowing himself any kind of happiness. How can I forgive that? How do we move past that? Just that moment, Mama Feather comes up and says, oh, she hopes they find everything they need for the ball. Her girls will, I guess, have to hear about it the next day because they weren't invited. Mama. (laughs) Hint, hint. And she's like, oh, and Prudence has been in tears about it for our (laughs) days. Mama Bee with a shade says, well, maybe you should explain to them how they ended up in this situation and who put them there. (laughs) Think it was you. Daphne's like, you know, no problem. We'll make room. I have no problem extending my invitation to your girls. All of us would like to forgive
0: and forget. Right, Mom? <laughs> Mom was like, um, sure. Sounds okay. great. Like, Damn it. That came back to bite me in the ass.
1: So Feather Lady's housekeeper, you know, this shrew of a woman, comes up and tells her, hey, 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 there's a carriage at the house. A Mr. Crane has arrived. And Daphne's like, wait, like George Crane? Oh! <gasps> Are you serious? This (laughs) sounds amazing. I did it. It worked. So we quickly cut to the Featherington's drawing room. Mom Feather walks in and sees Marina is sitting there in tears. Mama and Daphne come in together and they introduce themselves to this young man. And Mama says, oh, um... What's she called? What's she calling your grace? I don't even think she calls him your grace. I have no idea. Mr. Crane, whatever he is. Um, we had no idea you were, you were coming to town. And since, you know, Miss Thompson hasn't received any letters from you in like forever. And he's like, uh, nor would she. And Marina says, that's not George. That's his brother, Philip. So we find out Philip tells us that, um, his brother died on a battlefield several weeks ago. And the minute he says that, Marina just is like, I'm out. I can't handle it anymore and walks out. And of course, Daphne has to run after her because Daphne has no life of her own. (laughs) They go out in the hall and Marina tells Daphne that George was writing to her saying that they could run away together, that they could marry and have the baby and have a life together. They found this half written letter in his belongings after he died. And it's just crushing knowing that he didn't abandon her. And she tells Daphne, if it wasn't for you looking into this, Philip would have never figured out where I was or that I was pregnant or, you know, the whole situation. And I would have never known just how much George loved me. And she's like, all this time he loved me. I thought he was a villain. He cared about her. He was going to take care of her. And she just dissolves into tears. And she's like, he had a perfectly reasonable explanation for not writing back to me. He was dead. That's a pretty good explanation. And you see Daphne just starts to cry. I'm like, oh, <gasps> this stupid show. In time anybody cries, I cry because I'm just that type of person.
0: <laughs> oh, I love you. Okay, so <laughs> Eloise is now pounding on the door at Moody's. It's closed but Eloise is just gonna invite herself and Genevieve is like um hi actually I'm not open right now and Eloise says yeah I was hoping you'd make an exception for me like why would she make an exception for you Eloise because I need a dress for my sister's ball and I guess because she's friends with Eloise's brother that's why Eloise thinks that she's entitled to just waltz inside along with her is like maybe eloise's version of rose right like yeah <laughs> right. i think they all have a lady and waiting a okay. you know, personal maid lady and i was like who's that lady oh, okay and she goes over to a yellow dress and she's like oh um this reminds me of the featherton because that's their color they are still quite stung from lady whistledown's expose i sure wish you would write something flattering about them And Genevieve says, well, maybe she will. And Eloise is like, oh, yeah, why would you say that? Do you know that? I mean, how would you know that? (laughs) Meanwhile, Benedict is sneaking down the back stairs. And Genevieve says, well, I bet Lady Whistledown knows that angering her best customers isn't good for business. And Eloise says, yeah, so she should watch what she writes about the Featheringtons and the Bridgertons. And Genevieve is like... I know why you're here. I know you care about your family and I have no intention of compromising anyone. And of course we know that Genevieve thinks Eloise is talking about her relationship with Benedict. Right. And Eloise thinks Genevieve is talking about being whistled down. Oh so funny. Anyway, Eloise is like, okay, great, because the queen is pissed and I would hate for her to shut whistled down before she can print that retraction. And Genevieve says that she shouldn't worry about that because Whistledown is smart and can take care of herself. So Eloise leaves. And after she does, Benedict says, lock the door. But, you know, it was locked to begin with. Right.
1: I had that same thing. (laughs) And I'm also concerned is, like, how fast does she sew? Like, she can finish a dress in a day because the ball's like a day away. Without a sewing machine or did they have those pedal sewing machines back then? I have a lot of questions.
0: You know like I don't... how is she so and so damn fast? I don't know. Maybe she's like Cinderella and she's got a bunch of little mice that work in the back. Well, if she does, we need to talk to I'm about just about this because saying. he's totally <laughs> cool with it apparently. So
1: back at Hastings house, which is Daphne and Simon's house, everyone is getting busy preparing for this ball. They're not getting busy. They're busy. <laughs> for they, the ball. They are busy. It is Hastings, it is Hastings yeah, House, it is. so you never know. Mm-hmm. Daphne is wandering around for the ball, and she sees an open door and walks down the longest hallway ever made <laughs> yes. to find Simon, who is leaving for Will's boxing match. And he asks her if she's going to accompany him. She says no. She has way too much to do for the ball. He starts to leave, and she says, Simon, which is like, oh, she called me by my name. She's like, what did your father do to make you take this vow in the first place? And I was like, this is such a stupid place to have this conversation. I I was like, oh,
0: hey, now seems like a good time to have this completely random conversation about your father. Okay, see you later. Oh, by the way,
1: (laughs) tell me about your childhood. (laughs) So weird. He's like, we don't need to talk about this. She's like, I deserve an explanation. And he says, yeah, you deserve more than that. You may not understand this now, but I'm doing this for your own good. And she's like, I can decide for myself. I'm a (laughs) brave ass woman. You're better off without me. I'm bad news, Daphne. I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> he walks away. Daphne just—I mean—they're the best place portraits in this freaking house. Because yep. there's a big portrait of his dad, and she's like, "Oh." Last time was a picture of his mom. She could just stare at longingly, like, "How did you mess your kid up so bad?" <sighs> this freaking place. Anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> We're at the boxing match. And I was like, I thought ladies didn't come here, but there are tons They're of everywhere. them. There's so many ladies <laughs> here. And then everyone, of course, is betting on Will. He's the favorite. They all think he's going to win. Alice, his wife, is there and she's massaging his hands and telling him if they wins, they can live the city and take exhibitions all over the country. And he says, What, well, continue living fight to fight. We can't do this forever. You know, my body's not going to hold up forever. And I'm sick of living like our lives depend on how well I can pander and grovel to the likes of them. Mm. And she's like, well, what are you saying? He's like, well, what if I lose? Perhaps that purse will be enough to keep us happy, like forever. They both notice Daddy Feather is watching. And he walks over to some scary looking dudes that he's invited to the fight. And he wants to place a sizable wager on the match. And was told they were the type of people that could handle the transaction. And he's like, my money is on the beast, which is not Will's nickname. This, I just have this bad dude, number one, says, well, um, Will Foregraves is the favored. The only reason a man like you would come to us is because everyone else in the world thinks your word is worthless. Like, we know that you don't pay your debts. Mm -hmm. He's like, you don't need my word. You can just take the deed to my house. If I lose, it's yours oh well then that changes things so the bridgerton boys walk into the fight and it's anthony and colin and benedict and anthony immediately noticed sienna with her new dude who is i think the lead singer of the killers yeah not sure (laughs) he looks just like him he has the hair will is looking super nervous when simon arrives he's like kind of flipping out and Will says, hey, you're an hour late. And Simon says, yeah, well, I didn't think you'd need me here for luck. You know, you've been doing so great. And Will says, yep, I'm ready as I ever will be. And he kind of looks at Feather Dad. And Simon's like, wait, what? What? what's happening here? If there's a lot of these looks being shot between you and this dude, we're not going to say anything. We're all going to notice it. Okay, cool. Let's fight.
0: <laughs> ding, ding, ding. So at the Feather House, a shrewd-looking lady is named Miss Varley. Yeah, it's Varley. I knew that. I only knew that because at some point Mama Feather says it. Uh, She's telling Mama Feather how they don't have any credit at the Modiste and they now need to get gowns for the ball since they secured that invitation earlier. And Mama says, well, then they'll just have to wear something they've worn before. And the girls are appalled. They're like, I would rather not go. And I was like, well, they didn't really want you there anyways. I love that the one girl goes, wait, we can do that? (laughs) (laughs) They all walk into that little parlor room and philip is there and he says i guess my business here isn't finished i need to speak to marina i need to ask her something so boom marina's there and he's asked her to marry him he's doing his duty since his brother took liberties with her virtue mama feather is ecstatic right yes finally but marina says no I don't know him. I don't love him. I can't marry him. And Philip says, George loved you and he would have wanted you to be taken care of. Please let me do this. Let me fulfill my brother's wishes. She again politely declines and tells him he should go. And now Mama Feather done a 180. She is super pissed. Marina says, hey, I'm not pregnant anymore. So I'm not going to go along with any more of these arranged marriages or these stupid little schemes of yours. Forget it. Cut to Daphne rifling through some drawers. I mean, seriously, this girl knows no boundaries at all. No privacy, no boundaries. She's going to find out what Daddy Duke did. And she finds the letters that Simon wrote to the Duke as a child that the Duke never opened. And she just takes it upon herself to open them up and read them.
1: Can you imagine, like, what is in those letters? I've been thinking about this all week long. That it's probably, like dear dad and like a picture of him with like a butt for a head with stink lines like <laughs> he's like 13 12 13 like you suck i can talk now screw you and daphne's like just pouring over oh my god this is so sad this is such an insight i, this- I can i can finally figure out what's the big stripe is. His dad was a butt.
0: Yeah, please don't read my <laughs> diaries or anything I wrote from when I was 13. If I die, delete my browser history and also just burn all that shit. Anything I wrote before the age of 25, actually. I was just good. saying,
1: but when I was writing at that time, I was writing about a make-believe planet called X that I made up with my friend Jen that we were real believing in. Like This is a real place. So, we might have been a little high. Not sure. I don't know. We didn't. Um... Hey, Jen, I think you listened. So back me up on this because we were nuts.
0: Well, I already told you the story, but I'll tell everybody else's story about how my best friend and I wrote a story and it was about a girl and a dog and we named the dog Clap because my friend's name started with L and my name obviously starts with K. And so it was K L A P. Kelly, my friend's name with an L, a puppy, because that's how creative we are, right? So I excitedly tell my dad about the story that we're writing, and he's like, oh, yeah, you can't name the dog (laughs) Clap, And, and then he explained to me that it was like a euphemism for a sexually transmitted disease, and I was absolutely devastated. That's what I'm
1: telling you. I'm going to name my next cats, Ghana and Rhea.
0: So, and then... yeah. <laughs> 13 years old, that's what I was writing about. Dying to know what Simon was writing about.
1: I'm anyway. thinking that. I, I would have, like, made it up. I don't know. That would be a great, me-
0: <laughs> great she... meme. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? You know the one of Trump in the Oval Office right, holding right. the thing? <laughs> that's it. All
1: right. That's Simon's letters to but, his dad. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Okay, in my notes I have, at the boxing match, fighting, fighting, (laughs) etc.
0: I have, have, back at the boxing match, everyone is screaming, Anthony and Sienna are staring at each other, whatever, I don't care.
1: Well, and I have Sienna and Anthony are eye-fucking from across the room, Yeah, they are real fucking under the bleachers. (laughs) Because that's exactly what happened. Uh, So Will is getting a bunch of good hits in, and then... All of a sudden, he pops out his shoulder, like, swinging on this other guy, the Beast. And so the, the Beast just, like, goes after him and takes him out. And Will falls flat on his face. And, of course, Daddy Feather starts screaming that he won. And Simon's looking at Will. And Will's, like, like squinting through his eyes. <laughs> they buying it? <laughs> and, yeah, so Simon's totally caught him. Goes, yeah. oh, you're a big faker, faker. So back at Hastings' house. Lady Danbury, who just enters any damn room she pleases, she's just as bad as Daphne, walks on in and she catches Daphne in, like, the midst of these, she's got the letters all around her, like, they were like this when I got here. (laughs) (laughs) And she walks in and she's like, um, me and your mom have been waiting for, like, an hour for you to get, go, like, get the shit ready for the ball. The letters
0: just got interesting. I know. It's like he said poop in this one. <laughs> His
1: drawing is really
0: matured. <laughs> I feel like I really, really got to know him a lot better in the last hour. I'm sorry you were waiting though. What? What? What, what are you? Waiting? He's telling me about a sex
1: dream he had when he was 13. Hold up. There's uh, this planet. It's
0: like X or something. <laughs>
1: And now he's got a dog named Clap, <laughs> and one named Crabs. It's so weird. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> anyway, I wish the show was as interesting as we made
0: it. <laughs> yes.
1: So um Daphne asks Lady Danbury about the letters and the one that Simon wrote to his father as a boy, and uh she says, I had no idea Simon had trouble speaking as a child because he writes beautifully. No, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) She hasn't said that. And she's like, Well, he was so proud of getting over that stutter. That's why he wrote to his father to keep him informed of, you know, of his progress and how well he was doing. And Daphne's like, well, he never read them. So he's kind of a shitty father. And they're like, case in point, Lady Danbury says, well, his father was the kind of man that expected and demanded perfection in his son. And when that was not achieved, "Mm, I'm just going to leave that up to your imagination on what happened. And Daphne's like, well, he's nothing like his father. And she's like, and you helped him overcome his impediment. And Lady Danbury says, I showed him what he was capable of. And if he needed encouragement, I pushed from time to time. At the end of the day, his triumph was his and his alone. It had to be. And I was like, oh, I kind of like her.
0: I know. She's a good lady. She is. It's after the fight, and Will is in this huge, like, circus tent. I I guess this is his version of a dressing room.
1: Why does he need a dressing room? He doesn't Uh, have a shirt on.
0: Right? Um, (laughs) Just go put a shirt on. (laughs) Uh, Go behind the bleachers where Anthony and Sienna were just at. Um, You might get sprayed with something. Um, I wouldn't go under there. no. That uh, that dog <laughs> clap might live under there. <laughs> Simon walks in just as Lord Feather is leaving. And Will says, well, it looks like I could have used some of that luck of yours today. And Simon's like, yeah, indeed. Although you still managed to put on quite a performance. He says, if you needed another investor or more money, you could have just come to me. And Will says, thanks, but I don't need your charity. And Simon says, what about your honor? And Will says, what is more honorable than taking care of your family? And Simon says, is that what you plan to tell Alice? And Will says, again, with this, worry about yourself. Worry about your own marriage. You're angry, but you're not angry at me. So take that anger somewhere else and do something about it. I got my shit together. Okay. So in the study at the Feathers now, Lord Feather comes in with his winnings and dumps it out on the table for Mama Feather. And she is like, Oh, ah where did you get all of this and he says i had a tip and and then he says and this is only half the winnings and her eyes were like getting giant she's like well where's the other half and he's like yeah i gave it away but that's not important because look at all of this money we are set for life and mama feather is like varley we are off to Modis first thing in the morning new dresses for everyone huzzah
1: well, he says he had to give the other half to his man. So that must be the thing that he made, the deal that he made with Will is they yes. split the winnings. Right. So if he's got that much money, Will's got that much money. So Will and Alice, this is probably the Yay. most money they've ever had in I their know. lives. So back at Simon and Daphne's, it's morning and she's eating breakfast in the room where he normally eats breakfast. And that's just weird. How dare her. Yeah. He asks, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, I just wanted some different scenery today. So then he sits down and they eat in silence. And she tells him that, hey, you know that I have another sister, right? I know we've never mentioned her. <laughs> she hasn't been around. But apparently she's here. And she's home. And the whole family is gathering because they all live in the same house. So they're not really gathering. They just are all going to come <laughs> just the walking downstairs. <laughs> yeah, at the same time. And he's like, oh, well, are you, like, inviting me? Do you want me to come with you? And she's like, well, my brothers will think it odd if you don't come. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm coming. So at the Bridgerton house and Francesca is very, I don't know. She's oatmeal. She's blank toast. She did nothing for me. <laughs> no. Uh, she, Why I don't is know, she here? We don't know. I don't understand the storyline. I don't know what the whole point of her is. Like if she was going to start trouble, that'd be one thing, but it's not. She says, oh, it's so nice to meet you, Simon. I thought four brothers was great, but now coming home to five is quite nice. Plus you're cute. And that's <laughs> not weird. Awesome. Awesome. And then, of course, Hyacinth runs in and asks when she can visit Clive in their house that's, you know, down the, the robber trail. And he <laughs> says, anytime, walk by yourself.
0: Come at night. <laughs> it's totally safe.
1: Hopefully we'll see you in the next <laughs> morning. I don't know. I don't really like you. <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> so Daphne asks French since Francesca's been gone, like practicing her piano forte. She says, "Well, since you've been gone practicing so much, why don't you show them what you've learned?" Eloise is sitting on a couch and she's on my in my notes says she's snaking, so I was very confused. Right. But she's <laughs> she's snacking, she's snacking <laughs> on candy. And Benedict comes over and sits next door and he tries to take some. She's like, "I don't share!" and slaps his hand away. And he says, "Hey, by the way, you are to never do what you did the other morning at Odiste ever again. And she's like, no worries. I was wrong about her. There's nothing to worry about. And of course, here comes Anthony. He's like, where about what? And sits down (laughs) and he just like starts eating her candy too. Like they're just the gossiping on the couch. Benedict just comes out with it. And he's like, um, I have a friendship with Genevieve Delacroix of Modis," And he's waiting for Anthony to be like, what? (laughs) And Anthony's like, hey, good for you. You deserve contentment. No judgment here. I have a little guilt from fucking Sienna again. No (laughs) worries. You're doing great. And then... Colin starts singing.
0: <laughs> I was like, they just turn into the Bond Trap family real <laughs> what
1: quick. <laughs> what the frick? And he's singing, and I think everyone in the room rolled their eyes at one moment. And then the little kids start dancing together, and it's just too much. Anthony's clapping like
0: everybody's having a gay old time.
1: And you know, this is why Daphne brought Simon here, and Simon's like, Did they plan this? Did they like <laughs> did they work this out ahead of time? Yes. yes. Wait, cause I uh, but he's smiling and going along with it. Like, this is a lovely show you're putting on. <laughs> they workshopped that last night. Yeah, absolutely. They, they totally did. And you come in now. Uh, <laughs> and clap and sing. Go. And cue Penelope. Penelope, on. <laughs> so Penelope comes in and she just nods at Colin because, you know, why not? And Eloise pulls her aside and she tells her uh, she has news. She's figured out that Lady Whistledown is Madame Del Croix. And she's going to print something in your family's favor. She told me so. And Penelope's like, great. (laughs) Sounds awesome. And always like, hey, now we can live our lives as we please. We can bitch about not having to, like, have husbands. It's going to be great. And Penelope, I love, just shoots her down instantly. She says, um, No. You have a sister who's a duchess. My sister can't even get the sneezy guy to marry her. <laughs> My family's a mess. So I have no other choice but to marry. I can't go out and be you. And Always is like, oh, okay, what, do you have some candy? And like just offers her chocolate because what else are you going to do? Simon is sitting on the tiniest bench I've ever seen, and he's jammed between the two youngest Bridgertons, who are asking for ponies, just cause. Just cause. <laughs> like, hey, you got money? Give me a pony. <laughs> you
0: can give me a pony.
1: I want a striped on. I want a one with polka dots. So, uh, the scene. The scene <laughs> is just too much. He quick origamis the youngest girl a horse, and then plays with her. because It's a freaking it's... crane, though. <laughs> it's a... It's a... <laughs> It's a crane with legs. It's uh, this scene. Like, this is the laziest, dumbest writing I think I've ever seen. And I've seen
0: a lot. We've covered a lot. But he's such a natural with kids. It is cute. Don't you, Look
1: at don't you? he he can origami. <laughs> Obviously he's father material. Kids why did send it why didn't he send his dad an origami cream that said you stink on it or Seriously, something.
0: maybe he did. Maybe he did. He did. <laughs> they're just, they're, they're she opened up one of those envelopes and they all fell out. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so back at the feather house and Madame Delacroix is there to drop off the dresses because we know she's got a merry band of mice helping her <laughs> sew and she has made like 15 overnight. And she says, actually, because you paid in advance and there was some fabric no one else wanted. Reed, you have hideous taste and no one else <laughs> would have bought this. I actually made two of each. And Prudence says, mine will need to be taken in a little. And Philippa says, mine is perfect. And Penelope says, and mine is yellow. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Penelope. <laughs> Just always get stuck in those hideous yellow gowns. Mama Feather is on cloud nine. She says, see, ladies, everything always works out in the end. And Philippa, maybe Mr. Sneezy will reconsider his proposal now that you um, <clears throat> have your dowry again. And she's like, again, did i lose it (laughs) (laughs) she is just too precious for this world marina walks out of the kitchen carrying a plate of toast suddenly she drops the plate shatters on the ground and she grabs her stomach and everybody runs out into the hallway and marina says i think i need a doctor and we hear Whistle Down say the final ball of any season is distinguished by one of two things anticipation or dread. I have narration, and there's 40 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly over at the Hastings house, the staff is putting the finishing touches on the gardens and they bring out the portrait that Henry made of Simon and Daphne. It's actually very beautiful. Mm -hmm. And Whistledown is saying how some people love to flaunt their perfect marriages and others shudder at the thought of spending a final night in front of the ton because it signifies that their time is officially up. So put a pin in that back at the feathers and the doctor's there. And he says, did you really think a tea was going to magically make you not pregnant? Marina's like, I mean, kind (laughs) of. And she is devastated. She's crying on the bed. And Whistledown says, for those who feel like they're out of choices and hope, fear not. Who knows when and where one's fortune may change. So we see Anthony and Sienna, and they're in bed together laughing and kissing and (laughs) don't care. She's like, okay, I got to get ready for my show, and you have to get ready for another ball. And he kisses her, and then they start swaying back and forth, and he's like, come with me to the ball tonight. I'm a Viscount. My sister is a Duchess. My brother-in-law is a Duke. No one's going to say anything. And she's like, yeah, to you... And we don't really know her answer. That scene just kinda ends. Yeah. So
1: at the Hastings house and Daphne comes down to check out the ball and Simon follows. They like go down separate staircases to go to the same it's area. Very dramatic. It's it's yes, they're coming from different angles on this mm-hmm. whole matter. Mm-hmm. And they stand before their portrait and Simon says, oh, it was nice of the artist to take out the gray hairs that I've gotten from my emotions the last few weeks. (laughs) Living with you has been hell. (laughs) And she's like, oh, yeah, perhaps a few wrinkles, too. And oh, you're a bitch. (laughs) And she says, I think we should discuss the order of events tonight. I think three dances. And he says, no, two. And she's like, well, people will wonder if we don't dance at least three times. And he's like, well, then we should dance even less because that'll make them wonder more. Um, They laugh. And it's like old times again. You know, like two weeks ago when we were doing this before. (laughs) And she tells him, you are wonderful today with Gregory and Hyacinth. They adore you. And he's like, yeah, children always have. It doesn't mean I want any. And she's like, oh, of course. So my plan backfired. Great. So the maid comes down and says, hey, the guests have arrived. And Daphne says, okay, one last dance then. Everyone is wearing, for some reason, the same colors of blue and purple. I don't know how Did she send out a memo that, that we should all dress in these same colors. Will and Alice come in and Simon notices them and they're dancing. And Alice has the biggest rock of a diamond <laughs> necklace on. Like, it is the Titanic thing, but not as blue. <laughs> Eloise and Mama enter and Eloise, some dude is looking at her and she just like, take a picture and last longer. <laughs> she is like Martha or Margaret or whatever from A League of Their Own. Like when she's just like a bull in women's clothing. That's yeah. just what she reminds me of. And Mama tells her, just think of this as a rehearsal until you are finally out, you know, as a debutante. Daphne comes and meets them and says, well, Eloise, for someone who hates gowns, you look exquisite in one. But if you want to go to the library for the rest of the evening, I will not say a word. Given her out, like, I know Uh you don't want to be here. You can go hide out and read if that's what you want to do. And Eloise tells her, well, I should thank you just for being so perfect so I don't have to be.
0: And you could take that as like a burn, but I actually feel like It was me it was, it was nice. yes, yes, she meant that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like thank you for doing all these things that right. I did I hate doing. Yes. So that I don't have to do that. So the Featherton girls, Mama and girls enter the ball and they are so bright in comparison to everyone else. They are like They do a not neon get the memo. Colors. They're like, "Oh, we were invited late and our invitation <laughs> didn't say anything about the colors. Thanks for embarrassing us." And Mama Feather like literally takes Philippa and just shoves her towards Mr. Finch like, "Here. Please <laughs> take, take her, her. please." <laughs> Well, Cow Pie's mom and her awful friend see Mama Feather and they say, oh, we did not expect you to come. And Mama says, well, the Duchess invited us personally. You know, circumstances change sometimes overnight. Like, huh, we're all better now. <laughs> and Cow Pie's mom says, we hear your husband won the other day. Guess he's out celebrating. That's why he's not here tonight. And it seems that one circumstance hasn't changed. Like, your husband's always going to be a gambler and a cheat. <clears throat>
0: And yeah, so here he is, we see him drinking and strutting around this gentleman's club or a house of ill repute, whatever this is. He is ushered into a back bedroom where he thinks there's going to be a woman waiting for him, but nope, it's those two guys, bad guy number one and bad guy number two, that he placed the bet with at the fight. And there's a bottle, it's like a wine bottle on the table, and it is very clearly labeled poison. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know about you, but I don't label my poison as poison. You know, it just seems a little too on the nose. You probably should because somebody's going to drink it. You know, they, they probably could have used that over at the feather house, like something that was more explicit. They're like, sit down.
1: Next to this bottle, clearly marked
0: poison. You see nothing. One of them grabs the bottle to pour, and they're like, "Please have a drink." <laughs> they like got their hand over that part. It says nothing. It doesn't say anything. It
1: says raisin. It says raisin. <laughs>
0: you, it's it's cursive. You can't read it. Drink up. Drink up. It's supposed to taste funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to burn when it goes down. Keep drinking. <laughs> the dumbest
1: this this show this show. I'm sorry, Megan. Uh, this show is such a <laughs> such a shit show. It's almost over. It's almost over. Thank uh, God.
0: Yes. Back at the ball, Colin and Benedict are walking around. Colin sees Penelope and goes over to talk to her. He says he wants to apologize. He didn't realize it, but she was just trying to save him heartache over Marina. And she says. Hey, I get it. You were in love. And I think when you're in love, you should just declare it loud and proud. So, Colin, I have something I need to tell you. And he says, Oh, great. Well, there's something I need to tell you too. I'm leaving first thing tomorrow morning for my tour of the Seven Seas or whatever. Actually, you inspired me. Remember how you kept reminding (laughs) me about how I wanted to travel? And I wrote, Ha. Ha 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 Because I don't feel bad. <laughs> Karma's a all. bitch. <laughs> so he's getting ready to hightail it out of town, and she's getting ready to declare her love. Anyway, he says, "What did you want to tell me?" And she's like, "Oh, you know what? I don't remember." Uh, silly me. Anyway, good luck on your tour. And she is about to burst into tears. So she walks away. And as she's trying to leave, she bumps into Eloise, who is so excited because the queen is here and she can tell her about her whistle down discovery. And Penelope is like, okay, cool. Good luck. I gotta go. Eloise starts to walk over to the queen when that butler guy, and it's Brimsley, steps in front of her and says, you cannot just approach the queen. And Eloise says, well, I require an audience. And he says, okay, yeah, let me check on that. No. And Eloise says, I just wanted to thank her for the opportunity to investigate Whistledown. But I'm sure that the guys that you hired... They were there, The Bow Street Runners that's it, mm-hmm. are doing a great job. And he says, yep, actually, we plan to find out who she is tonight because we know that she sends her papers to a certain press during big events like this and so we're going to go there and catch her in the act. Eloise starts to grab Benedict so that she can tell him, and they can send a carrier pigeon to Delacroix, and he can't really be bothered with her right now, so she grabs this carriage driver guy, and she's like, you're taking me somewhere let's go
1: she tells him because he's like uh yeah no and she's like i have pin money which must be
0: like money that know, they yeah. pin-
1: i think it's money they pin in their skirts like extra money like hideaway
0: money so so she's gonna show him some leg and give and him some p- money. Give a little bit of money okay no wonder so we cut to
1: Anthony, who is getting out of a carriage with flowers at Sienna's house to pick her up to take her to the ball. And he goes up to the door. He doesn't ring the bell. I think he knocks because they didn't have doorbells. He is knock, 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 knock. And the Killer's lead singer answers the door, <laughs> half dressed. And he's like, hey, dude,
0: what's up? <laughs> Did you come over to jam? Yeah, like, what's up? <laughs>
1: It doesn't bother him a bit that his <laughs> girlfriend's ex-boyfriend is at the door. And she comes and she's half-dressed, like, just wearing a corset. And she's <laughs> like, um, give us a minute. You go on back to bed. And Anthony's like, "What? What? what's happening? She's like, well, here's the thing. I thought about coming with you and dancing the night away. But I am doing the very thing I have always done. I am looking out for myself because I know in my heart that I know there is no one else who will ever take care of me. And he's like, "Uh, I tried. I was trying to do this for you. And she's like, no, 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 no. Anthony, you are lost. And I cannot allow you to set me adrift as well. You need to let me go. I am comfortable. I am content. That gentleman upstairs sees me for who I am. And he sings me really silly songs. (laughs) Because he's stuck in a cage and he's um anyways <laughs> i can't think of the, rest of the words i know <laughs> and he's doing just fine um-
0: <laughs> <laughs> he
1: doesn't wish her to put on a dress and go to a ball he doesn't want her to change and she doesn't want to change and i was thinking i thought this was what you've been bitching about all along is that you wanted to go to these balls now you're saying you don't want to go to the balls make up your mind i know i'm very confused he says, you're right. I'm sorry. And they both start to cry. And she like slowly
0: shuts the door in his face. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Shuts the door. And then he throws the flowers. Like, the hell with those.
1: Yeah. So Eloise is in the carriage outside the printer's shop. And she's just waiting. Waiting on pins and needles for Whistledown to show up. And she sees another carriage approach. But we can't see who's in the back. It's just somebody like with a hood up. That's all we can see. And Eloise like, yes! jumps out and she goes running towards the carriage. And just as she's walking over, because she's got to figure out who this is. She's got to unmask. She's, this is Eloise's Scooby-Doo moment. She's got to pull <laughs> that mask off. And just as she does, this investigator comes running. And it, what it remind me of is the guy in Get Out, where he's just running as fast he can, like full bore right at her. <laughs> and she's like, Ah, it's a trap! run so of course whistledown down and her carriage takes off and the investigator says what are you doing she's like oh sorry i thought you were someone else hey, bye-bye.
0: <laughs> she was so pleased with herself good job eloise yeah so back at the ball simon and daphne are standing on opposite sides of the room lady danbury walks up to simon and she says so i guess your plans to separate from your grace have not changed she says no and he says neither has your ability to hear every bit of gossip in town. She's like, "Yep, get used to it. I know everything." She says, "Pride will cost you everything and leave you with nothing. You must not allow it to happen to you too." Daddy do yeah. did that, yeah. yeah. So that's what she means when she says "too." Because
1: he gave up his relationship with this child because yes. he was too prideful.
0: Right, 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 right. Mama B walks up to Daphne. Okay, so I I don't like the show, but this part with Mama B, got me a little verklempt. Like, I didn't cry because, you know, it's not my thing. Because you're
1: you're dead inside.
0: Because I'm dead inside. But I did get a little teary. Like, there was, like, a little bit of moisture just, like, in the teeny tiny corners of my eyes. Daphne tells her mom that they agreed on one dance tonight. And Mama B says... I miss dancing with your father. The last time I danced was with him at a ball. And then she says, I suppose I miss everything about him, really. And Daphne says, well, you were so in love. And Mama Bee says, yes, we were. But we also had our adversities and trials. But we overcame them because we decided early on that we would. We chose to love each other every single day. It is a choice, and it's one that's never too late to make. I may never be able to see your father again. I may wake every morning and touch the pillow where he used to lay his head. But knowing that the two of us made the choice to love and do all that we could, I cannot tell you how much peace and comfort that brings me. And Daphne says, I wish I could do this. And Mama Bee says, you are Bridgerton. There is nothing you cannot do. So Daphne nods to Simon because now it's time for the one dance they agreed on. And even the queen is smiling. Everybody's like, oh, this is such a beautiful moment. And suddenly it starts thundering and raining. We all know how much Daphne loves a thunderstorm, though. Mm, it
1: just gets, that, gets them, their blood pumping. <laughs> gets them these gets hot-
0: all the guests start running under the little porches because they're actually outside, but they're in this courtyard that's in the middle of the Hastings house. And she's just standing there. And I was like, this is so fucking weird. The face that she's making, it literally made me uncomfortable to watch. Right. And I was like, someone save the portrait. I hope they did. They didn't. It was getting ruined. They watched oh, the rain falling on it. All of Henry's work. Right. Sneezy and Priscilla, they get ready to go out and dance in the rain, but Lady D takes her cane and she thwaps it in front of them and says, "Everyone, I believe this evening is complete. So let's thank our host for the great party tomorrow. Get out of here. Go on. Get." So everybody starts leaving, and Simon tells Daphne he's sorry. She says, for what? Even a duke can't control the weather. He says, I know this isn't what you had planned for the evening. She says, you're right. It's even better. She says, I know why you made that vow to your father. Um, I was rifling around in your things. Don't get mad. <laughs> Actually, the butt pictures were pretty funny. I found the, <laughs> found the letters you wrote to your father as a child, and... Just because something isn't perfect, doesn't make it any less worthy of love. I know your father made you believe otherwise that if you weren't perfect you weren't worthy of love but if you need any proof that that isn't true then look right here because I am tired of pretending that I don't love you I love all of you even the parts you believe are too dark and painful, every imperfection. You may think that you are too damaged to allow yourself to be happy but you can choose differently my mom just told me this was possible you can choose to love me as much as I love you. And I thought there would be like a grand like reuniting in the rain, but no. She just walks away and he's left out in the rain to think about his choices.
1: You know he had to carry that painting inside. Like
0: Fuck. Oh, he's probably like, God damn it, I paid so much money for this. I was gonna put it right next to the one of my mom. And my dad, right in the middle. It was gonna be super awkward. <laughs> so at the
1: feathers Philippa is walking in and she's talking about her lovely evening with Mr. Finch and Mr. Finch's gaze inspires me and Prudence says inspires you to be quiet because you're (laughs) annoying. And Mama says it's fine this summer you will find a match and this summer a full renovation of our country house is in order. Okay, I was trying to figure this out. So the marriage season is when they come to these homes, like, in the spring, and then they go to their country homes in the summer, and that's why they have the season. That is. Like, they got to get married, and then they go to exactly their country homes. That is exactly
0: what I was wondering, because when they show everybody leaving, I was like, where yeah. are they going? Uh, they must just come here for the season.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? That's the Bridgerton's house just for a season? Right. All right. I mean, how? Are, why are they making so much money? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> as they walk in, the servants are all kind of milling about and looking nervous. And Marina comes down the stairs. The hospital says, it's your husband, ma'am. They're saying he's dead. And the Bow Street Runners have questions. So, like, the Bow Street Runners, are they, like, the cops? They're just private eyes? Like, who are these dudes? Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. So, Mama's like, oh, crap. So, she goes running off to his office and digs in a drawer and pulls out his bag that had all the money and it's empty. And she breaks down because, no, they have nothing. He's dead and they have nothing. What are they going to do? Back to Daphne and Simons. And Daphne is lying on his chaise like one does. And um,
0: (laughs) I said, because of course she does.
1: Yeah. And her hair looks like shit. So here we go. (laughs) Simon walks in looking all wet and tortured. And he tells her, I don't want to be alone. I know that now. Just, I mean, I know we've been talking for weeks, but you just said something in the courtyard that was like stupid. (laughs) And it really made me think. (laughs) So dumb. He's like, I do not know how to be the man you need me to be the man you truly deserve. I don't know how to do this because I was given no male role models other than Lady Danbury. And she's kind of a boss. So I kind of have one. So I don't know. And she says, yes, you do. You know what to do. We're going to stay. We're going to get this together. If we do this, then nothing else will matter. And he kisses her and takes her to bed with the door wide open. Don't care. Like no these okay. poor people that work here. And of course they have sex and he doesn't pull out and it's wonderful. And they both smile like, so So, lady will down. She's going to come talk to us some more. She says, "Is there ever been a grander finish to a season? Get it, get and it. I was like, I, 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 I see what you did there. Yeah, I see what you did. <laughs> then the one provided by the Duke and Duchess of Hastings. Yeah, oh, we oh yeah, it. they they finished. Yeah, she says <laughs> this author will need to feast upon her own words, for it was this couple's memorable affair that brought another scandalous London season to a close." As many now leave the city, betting for greener pastures, some endings seem more permanent than others. And we see Colin is getting on his horse to leave and Penelope's watching out the window and, and sobbing on Eloise's shoulder. Eloise is like, it's going to be fine, Pen. It's going to be fine. I know you're so upset about your dad, but I will help you through this. And Penelope's like, Yeah totally upset about my dad <laughs> what happened to him again um she has no clue and she says so uh, eloise share something good what happened with Down? did you save madame delacroix and eloise is like yeah i kind of did i'm kind of a badass and now she'll be able to put right what she did wrong And Penelope says, hey, with whistle down still in the news, next season will be far more interesting. (laughs) You hear that, Netflix? We gotta have a second season. (laughs) No! (laughs) So we see Mama Featherton, and she's standing alone in her bedroom looking at an empty bed. And Marina comes up behind her and asks, how did you do it? How did you endure two and twenty years without love? Mama tells her, well, you find things to love. Small things... Big things like your babies, and eventually that's enough. That's all you need. You are strong, Miss Thompson. You will do well. This is the nicest thing she said to her the entire Mm -hmm. time she stayed with her. So Marina packs her bags, and we see her, and she gets in the carriage with Philip. So she has made her decision. I mean, it sucks, but like they said, George's title went to him. His estate went to Mm -hmm. him. So he can take care of her. He can take care of the baby. Maybe they won't be happy, but she'll be taken care of. Varley comes in to uh, Mama Feather and says, Here, I found the name of the man who will inherit the Featherton estate. And hands her like a card with a name on it.
0: But we don't know whose name is on it. That's the only thing I want to know for next season. I just want to know. Is it Will?
1: Is it, does it say bad guy one? I need (laughs) to know these things. And then Lady Whistledown tells of, of course, there are endings that will offer new, new beginnings. However, uncertain those new beginnings might be. Dun dun, 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 dun.
0: So we see Colin telling everyone goodbye outside of the Bridgerton house. And he's like, I'll write from Greece. I don't know how I'm going to get there on a horse, but I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> Daphne says, Anthony, I don't remember seeing you last night. And he says he wasn't feeling well. Meh, poor Anthony. And then he says, you must be heading back to Cliveden. And Simon and Daphne say, actually, we've decided to stay in London a little longer. What are your plans, Anthony? And apparently, Anthony is turning over a new leaf. He is ready to find his Viscountess. And Daphne and Simon are as shocked as you and I are. I didn't care. I actually didn't care. (laughs) He says, I figured out the problem. It's that whole love thing. So if I just don't worry about that, the plan is super simple. So anyway, enjoy your time. And Eloise skips over to Benedict, like literally skips over to Benedict and tells him to say hi to Delacroix. And he says, Oh, no can do. She's actually gone on a trip to France. And Eloise says, You aren't going to tell her goodbye? And he says, well, I already did last night. We went to a party together, but like, don't tell anybody. And Eloise is like, oh shit, you were with her last night. And he says, don't tell Daphne because, you know, we kind of skipped out on the ball and all. But Eloise is not shitting herself about Freaking Daphne's ball. She is realizing that if Benedict was with Delacroix last night, then she can't be Lady Whistledown because when Lady Whistledown and her carriage were at the print shop and the whole shebang went down there.
1: She instantly turns in Car- to Carrie from Homeland. She is like, <laughs> there's the strings and the tacks on, on the board. She's trying to put all this crap together, trying to figure um, it out.
0: She is the gift of the lady with all the. Mathematical formulas exactly. all around, and she's like, "What?" <laughs> because in this edition of the Whistle Down paper that we are hearing right now, she says how she recently became aware of a scheme to unmask her by one worthy opponent, indeed. So Eloise has now confirmation that that was Whistle Down in the carriage, and if that was Whistle Down in the carriage, then Delacroix is not Whistle Down. So, womp womp, you didn't figure it out, and. We see a cloaked figure riding in a carriage. The narration says, Perhaps I will come forward one day. Though you must know, dear reader, that decision will be left entirely up to me. Yours truly, Lady Whistledown. And then the cloak is pulled down and it's Penelope. (sighs) Are we shocked? I'm not shocked. I cannot believe it. So here we are.
1: This is the end, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. We're back to a maid running through the halls as a woman is screaming. It's a throwback to, like, when Simon's mom was in labor. But it's Daphne, and Simon is holding one hand as her mother holds the other. And I was like, this is not the way they used to do it. This is not. No. They, they, none of them would have been in there. Labor, labor, labor. She's pushing, and then you hear the baby cry. And Daphne laughs and starts to cry. And they say, congratulations, your graces. It's a boy. And they give him to Daphne, and she holds him for all of a half a second. And she asks Simon if she want he would like to hold
0: him. Oh, that was enough. Here you go. You know,
1: and he he does, and he smiles, and she's looking at him. She's like, well, "We got to think of a name." And he says, "Whatever it is, it must begin with an A." We have family traditions to keep and he looks at mama and I was like oh
0: all the babies they're gonna have the alphabetical babies. Oh it's kind of sweet. I kind of like that part. I
1: did. I thought that was kind of cute and then they smile at each other as the camera pans to a bee on the windowsill flying away. What's that about? There's been a bee in a couple of scenes that there was a couple like there was a bee and then it flew away. I don't
0: know. I wonder what the significance is of that. I don't know. I don't don't know. I don't
1: care. The end.
0: Thank goodness it's over. I am so happy now.
1: Yay for them. They had a baby.
0: Yay. I don't even want to talk about it after. I'm just glad it's over.
1: Yeah, I know, right?
0: I don't have anything to pontificate about. I'm just like, thank God. It's done. What are we doing next? Do we know? I don't know if we, we know. Do we plan anything ever in our lives? I am making the executive decision. Okay.
1: That our next thing. What's it called? What we're going to watch next is we're going to do Ted Lasso on Apple TV. We have received quite a few requests, like two um, requests for this show. (laughs) Hey, God damn it.
0: That's a lot for us. I know. And
1: (laughs) I've heard wonderful things about the show. It was something I probably would have watched on my own. But it's a comedy that has heart, which is right up my alley. That's just like my sweet spot. So... It received a lot of critical praise this year. I think they're actually going, if they haven't already done season three, they're like on three seasons, but we will do the first and that'll probably be it. Cause I can't yeah. imagine us hanging on for three seasons to anything,
0: <laughs> but that's <is> definitely not our <laughs> enough. Yeah. So
1: this was not in our wheelhouse. This, you know, lasso might be more in our wheelhouse, but it also might be harder to make fun of if we don't hate it. True. True. There's that. We'll find something.
0: Okay. Well, I'm excited. Me
1: too. I, I just really want to watch it. So I'm really excited.
0: All right. Well, let us know what you think of Bridgerton and uh, what else could they let us know about? Help me, help me, help me.
1: I'm still looking for your horrific period stories because they make me laugh. I and know. They, and, I didn't and they get make any. us feel I mean, better about our lives. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um,. I can't think of like a funny thing to say.
1: Just so y'all know, this is an after dark episode. We are recording this much later <laughs> than we normally I'm... do cuz so we are a little
0: sillier. I have even have coffee and it's not kicking in. I woke up this morning and it was 5:31. Like I got up and I was like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. I'll get up. And then I looked at my clock. 4 minutes before my alarm was going to go off. I was like, "Oh. That's the Isn't worst. That, that's, that's the worst. Always, and then so I've never recovered for the rest of the day. It's just been abruptly woken up four minutes before my alarm, feeling all day long.
1: Well, yeah, we usually record around like Three. early afternoon, yeah. and it's like bedtime. <laughs> so <laughs> this is why we were a little goofier this episode, uh-huh. and that's all right. I think it makes it fun.
0: Yeah, I definitely get gigglier as the day wears on, and I promise all that's in this mug is coffee, so. I needed this today. It's been a chore, so this is good. <laughs> Happy to oblige. Woo-hoo. Okay, well, if you want to tell us anything about anything, literally, literally anything just (laughs) just write to us on Facebook or Instagram on Twitter to our email our website and I know you know all of these things if you just search for that so original podcast you are going to find us on most of those things and send us a message send us a gmail like us uh, write and review us on itunes follow us on spotify do all the things that we've been asking you to do and we will love you forever we'll love you forever anyway but you'll get bonus points and that's going to be it for us. We're going to go to bed because we're old ladies. <laughs> and
1: I definitely need to get my kids to bed. I can put it that
0: way. Yeah. And I know that the process is not even started because the shower's right above this room and I haven't heard it kick on. So let me go uh, light a fire under these people and we will talk to you and we will be talking about Ted Lasso Thanks. next time. Bye. Bye
1: oh my god an hour and a half are you done
0: are you done sorry yeah. i didn't blow my nose <laughs> and move and move a hundred things move, and move and move okay i'm here okay all
1: yeah. right and we see Miranda. Mirana. <laughs> we see How marina do you solve the like, like marana